This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, here we are again. Uh, thank you for listening to this, the Shrimp's Trump podcast. I can't even speak. Uh, joining the three Ronnies of myself, Joel, and later on, uh, Charlie, we have um, two guests tonight. Uh, and we're, we're, we're sort of like a chat show tonight because we're doing revolving chairs. We've got uh, uh, the sparkling and brand new groundsman in uh, Rob Davison. Welcome along, Rob. Thank you very much. Uh, and later on, hopefully, with his own Wi-Fi this time, we'll have uh, first team assistant manager Dermot O'Carroll. But that one's to come. So uh, we'll do our usual and we'll start with Rob. Rob, welcome along. I've been wanting to get you on for a few weeks, but you're a busy guy. I know, yeah. Last Thursday was a bit of a shambles, but uh, I'm here today and that's, and that's all that matters really, is it? Yeah, of course it is. So um, how do you, at your bright and sparkling young age, become to be head groundsman at Morecambe FC? Did you did you uh, did you leave school and think this is what I want to do, or did you fall into by accident? What happened? To be honest, mate, being from the age of about fourteen years old, all I wanted to do was cut grass. And I know it sounds daft, and you know people are laughing. I don't know. It just you know getting out in the garden and, and pushing a mower and, and making the place look nice was just what I wanted to do. And you know, followed my heart and followed you know what what my desire wanted to do and my passion. And yeah, went on to to Maisco and 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 yeah that's where it kind of all started really so so yeah you presumably that you <laughs> I hope you're not going to diss me here by saying no actually I hate football but presumably <laughs> you've got an interesting sport <laughs> yeah football's football's always been a massive part of me um since playing at school playing as a kid you know I was I was involved in a lot of teams in in kind of the the Lancashire area you know going back from from Craven to Bear Rangers to Westgate Wanderers and yeah, I've dated back, you know, football since I was, I don't know, from about seven, eight, nine. Um, and even, you know, visiting Christie Park, you know, watching the matches. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, you, you won't recognise that. They're not, as I say this every week, they knocked that down in eight, 1985. So you won't recognise that. But that was Christie Park before the North Stand. So there you go. Yeah, um, we used to, used to come and watch games there, you know, part of the family. And, and yeah, I never really ever thought I would be... Working for Morecambe now, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a journey, but we're, we're here and yeah. So when you, when you, when you were training at, at Myersco, uh, yeah. you, you, you're right, I'm right in this, Anna, you went on placement at the Globe Arena with Chesh, is that right? Yeah, well, it was, you know, just, just when I was at college, I wanted to get as much experience as I could um, on the tools while I was doing the, um, the work on paper and getting my, um, my level two and level three. And yeah, okay, approached Chesh about doing some voluntary hours and um, worked with, you know, Danny and, and Michael for a, for a couple of, couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and it was brilliant. Yeah, the little trio that, that used to wander around the, the globe. And yeah, it, it was good. It was, it was freshening, you know, it was nice. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. But then, so you qualified and, and I, I, again, you ended, up, you ended up down south. Yeah, well, it it first came about. I did actually go to Man City straight after straight after college. Um, I only had two months where I kind of was looking for jobs, um, and then they came to about a temporary contract contract that was at Carrington. Right. So I ended up travelling from Morecambe. I was obviously I'm a Morecambe lad over to Carrington, um, which is West Manchester, um, yeah. near in that direction, um, and was doing that for for six months and then moved over to City Football Academy, the new state-of-the-art facility yeah. um, over at where the stadium is, so over the other side of Manchester. Yeah. Ended up doing that for, for, for two, it was about just under two and a half years, the whole duration of my time at, at Man City. And then, yeah, the job came up at, at Reading and um, them temporary contracts ended, ended up moving to Reading and, and yeah, it just kind of went, went from there really, five years later. So that, that's, a, that's a big move for a young lad going to the Majeski, isn't it? That, that's, a, 
What were you like moving away from home? It was it. It was strenuous. It was it was hard work, but you know, my again, my my love from being fourteen years old. It's it's what's driven me forward, and and I've always had that in the back of my mind, just wanting to succeed in football and on the grounds teams, and yeah. So you just kind of just got to get on with it. <laughs> I know it's hard to say that, but football clubs are hard to come by. You know, the gaps in the industry for, for young lads to succeed in are, are, are very, very small. So if there's an opportunity there, it feels right. I don't know. I've always just, just gone with it, really. So so going back to it, um, how, how many ground staff did Man City have? To be fair, Man City actually didn't have that many. Um, I think we had... I think it was about 10 of us, 11 of us, maybe at the training ground, at the training complex. A couple oh, of them. Oh, is that all? <laughs> well, well, in, you know, comparison of, of sites and pitches and, 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 you know, the hectare space that that, that yeah. covered by, you know, yeah, 10, 11 people are probably not enough. You know, you've got 18 and a half, I think it, 18 and a half, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. I think. <laughs> It's 18 and a half, maybe 19 grass pitches yeah. uh, across 3Gs, goalkeeping areas and main pitches. So to be honest, you know, 11 members of staff. Yeah, yeah, not, I, see, I, I see your point. <laughs> but yeah, the overall amount of people working there, yeah, was, was quite a lot. Uh, very similar at Reading as well, but the uh, campus sizes were a lot smaller at Reading, you see. So, But no, it was great. Moving down south. Overall, you know, the four and a half years, it was it was a hell of an experience, and it, it's grown me into, you know, the confident, passionate, hardworking lad that I now am. You know, it's it's yeah, it's 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 a breath of fresh air, really, to be honest. So, how did it come about that you ended up back at your hometown club? That's a really strange one, that, isn't it? It was, it was, you know, and obviously with the relationships that I'd I'd built. Back in, you know, dating back to 2014 when I was actually, you know, like we just spoke about before about uh, being voluntary, the relationships that I built with, you know, Rod, Graham, yeah. you know, other people around the club. Um, yeah, I just had a phone call, was asked to come in. Um, I'm not sure whether it was just myself or there was some other people involved um, who were also, you know, kind of interviewed and, and, and I think Rod kind of was, was happy with the conversation and yeah that was that was it pretty much it was quite straightforward um but it, you know I, i've always had the love for morecambe and and with this new experience of the club going into league one for the first time you know new general manager of ben who's who's been brilliant um in supporting in myself and had a good chat with him and it just seemed very positive and Joel, I, I know you, you'll probably have a, a couple of questions and uh, I'll, I'll pass over to you at this point. And, uh, um, from, my, from my point of view, it, it's, it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see a local boy who's gone away, made good and come back and now we're making use of him, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, there's a little nice kind of little uh, narrative and story element to it, <laughs> which well, which always yeah. plays quite nicely, you know. <laughs> well, that's why yeah. I wanted him on. That's why we wanted him on, because it is a great story. Not a lot of people know he's a local lad, so it's like, hey, brilliant. No, exactly. And, and to be honest, I can, t- you know, yeah, obviously we'll have our little moments of nostalgia occasionally on this podcast, talking about Westgate Wanderers and Bear, Bear Rangers. That's brought back a few memories for me when I, <laughs> when I was a bit younger playing football uh-huh. matches. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, so I, I just kind of wanted to, yeah, I was asking like so you said you went to do a course at Myerscore College. Was that kind of like a a specialist kind of sports pitches uh course? Or and how many how many of those kind of things are there around the country? To be honest, to be honest, it's actually a, a rarity. There's not many. I think I think there's probably th- three, maybe four, that I'm fully aware of. There's actually one near near Reading, uh, just down the road from Reading in Windsor. So that's two that I'm fully aware of. And there will be some more, I think. I think there's about, like I said, three or four. But no, going, going to Myersco, um, the whole topic overall is actually under a bracket of agriculture. But then obviously, with agriculture being a lot more farming, land-based, it does actually come off that bracket. Um, but specialising in more horticulture, which is the side of agriculture, which is your gardens, 
landscaping and things like that. And then they actually come off that and have created something called Sports Surf, which is for sports services, um, like football, could be cricket, uh, rugby, you know, ball. It kind of goes on from that, really. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's definitely a specialist. You can't, you know, study that at your local college. Um, yeah, that's kind of where it comes from, really. So, so really, you've undersold yourself because you were saying from 14, I just wanted to cut grass. But what you're actually saying is I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to be involved in sport and cut grass. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the two together, you know, the passion of football. Every young lad wants to be a professional footballer. You know, that's, that's, what, you know, that's why we play football. We see the, the big names on the telly and we think, oh, you know, I want to be him, I want to be him. And I kind of just put that in with doing what I enjoy doing outside. Yeah. The two and two together. I was never, I'm never the type of person to sit there and, you know, answer calls all day or, you know, typing up, you know, essays or ringing up people for money or whatever the jobs might be that are out there that, that everyone seems to work. But no, I just put the two and two together and it, and it fit, it fit mint to be honest for me. It, it fit perfectly and obviously made a career of it. Yeah. I'm doing very well at 25 to be head groundsman at a league one club. And, and, and to be honest, me and Joel, we're not used to saying league one club yet, are we? <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. But I think, I, I think, I suppose kind of talking about how much of a speciality is, I, I imagine there's, is there a kind of quite a strong scientific element to it as well, I'm guessing, these days? Yeah, of course there is. There has to be. Obviously, we're talking about health, you know, health of a living organism, you know, exactly like we are. You know, there's, there's diets to, to, to the grass, you know, as, as daft as it sounds. We do have to, we do have to look after, um, we do have to look after it the same. You know, we've got to keep it clean, you've got to feed it, you know, we've got to make sure it's aerated so that, you know, it doesn't sit stagnant and... Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it is a crazy, crazy thing that, to be honest, I didn't really think it would have gone into that sort of depth. But, you know, soil science is, is massive. You know, and then there's all the, the chemical side of it as well and the leg- legalities of spraying the right products. And, yeah, you've got to know your, you've got to know your stuff, definitely. I, I suppose going, look, looking at these days, I mean, like, we're getting into November now, and obviously the, the the pictures will start cutting up. But from what I've seen, just watching highlight shows and stuff, like you can see how far things have come in that kind of area because a lot of the pictures still look pretty decent. So obviously, coming into this time of year, what are the kind of main things that you you might do to kind of get through winter? Because obviously, this I imagine this is your hardest point of the year. Definitely, you'll see you'll see a big difference, and and this is where you know obviously the public won't know much about it but a lot of clubs due to funding or how much money that they want to invest you can actually get uh, constructed pitches now which is um your most common is assist construction which the you know the mazuma doesn't actually have uh, that's just a sa- the standard soil pitch but a lot of the pitches you know at the top end of league one championship premiership have actually got reinforcement in them um which is like plastic fibers that are inserted into the into the soil, allowing the roots to bind onto them, um, giving the the grass basically more anchorage so that it doesn't kick out. But certainly at the Mazuma, we are struggling with that, you know, that side of things getting into the winter, like you say, and it being a lot more, uh, a lot colder, a lot wetter. But it's just you know keeping keeping the pitch aerated, keeping it dry, keeping it free flowing. We've actually sprayed something called a penetrant on the mazuma uh, which we haven't actually done before um which opens the soil pores and allows water to flow through quicker and um, which is actually helping the um helping the issue of of drainage so just doing the right things the right practices i was, I was gonna say that there was a there was a time yeah obviously go back to the last last home game the newport game and there was about sort of 15, 20 minutes in the second half where we started to get standing water. And, uh, and I'm sure as the groundsman, you noticed it. And it just started. And then luckily the rain stopped. But the, stand, <laughs> the standing water disappeared straight away. And that's never happened before. So that's probably something you've done, isn't it? Yeah, we have done. A lot of the fans will, you know, will have noticed um, in... I'm not sure what... I think it was the... Um, 
Who did we play before Newport? What was Cambridge. the game? Cambridge, Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge, that was it. The Cambridge game. There was a lot of sand on the pitch. And a lot of people were saying to me, you know, what's that sand? Why is the sand there? You know, what's the groundsman been doing? And I even had a passing comment from Adam Phillips, who told me that the pitch was very, very heavy. Um, but that is all process of work that will move us forward for the next couple of months, um, getting that sand into that profile um, with that penetrant that I was explaining before that opens up the pores. So whenever the water falls, um, that concentration of sand will help pull that water through. Um, it was a bit of a, a mess for, like I said, the Cambridge game. It looked well, but it played a bit, a bit heavy. Uh, but going forward, uh, now it's disappeared. It's obviously gone into that profile now. So whenever we do get a, a deluge of, of water, it's certainly going to help us, definitely. So I like that. Adam, Adam Phillips is actually blaming you for the two. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, he, he might be listening, and I don't want to upset him, but uh, he, he, <laughs> he never wins, I'm not going to lie, yeah. <laughs> that's not, well, that's, that's excellent. That's excellent we've got somebody to blame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, plenty bad performance. <laughs> just one last thing, actually, talking of like players and, and, and people commenting on stuff, do you ever get like specifications from people around the club on what to do, or is it just make it as nice as possible? To be honest, and this is and this is the hard thing about being a groundsman, is well, especially like myself, someone like myself who's who's so so to it when it comes to things being on point, things looking good. You know, I'm not a fan of, of, of presenting something on a match day that, that I don't look at and think, you know, it's not good enough or, you know, it would always have to be perfect. So getting that fine line of doing too much can also have a negative impact on the pitch. Um, but in terms of like specifications, to be honest, unless you get to the premiership, you know, the high end of the championship, a lot of managers probably don't really know the difference as long as the the pitch is, is wet and, and slick for the ball to, to zip across. They don't really. But... Oh. Oh, oh. You lost him. You know, he's still there. He's back. Oh, yeah, he's still there. So, yeah, so yeah. Going, going, back, going back to what you said before, how, yeah. how much, you, you know, you said this sort of plastic mesh thing. What's What's the sort of starting cost for that? Well, there's two. There's 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 actually two because I put um, the five the the cis fibers that are inserted into the pitch. Um, there's also another, which is a little bit cheaper, but I'll get onto that. But this, the but the cis fibers that are inserted with the you've basically got to dig up the pitch down to the drainage layer and yeah. re, refill it up with sand, um, and then the cis fibers are injected in, and you're looking at about six hundred and fifty thousand. This is just in case me and me and Joel win the lottery. Putting <laughs> <laughs> plans in place, aren't we? Like that fella in that YouTube video. Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to invest in that, definitely well, not. So, but, so what's the sketch? What's the cheaper version then? The cheaper version is something called Fibre Sand. Fibre Sand, a lot of the League One teams, you know, like the likes of Ipswich, you probably see, I think, I think actually Doncaster is, is cis-stitched, but there's a couple of couple of pitches that have, have got the fibre sand and it's basically like um, horsehair that's in the sand so what happens is obviously as it's compacted and compressed again when the roots drop and the roots go down they bind onto it it's just anchorage for the for the roots so and I will use that the harder um, without undersoil heating you're probably looking at around 350 to 400 so it's it's a little bit cheaper um, but again, you know, I've, I've, I have had a, an outsider come in with me and I've had a meeting with Ben. Um, Rod's fully aware of this as well. And, and I have put these forward for the Mazuma, um, yeah. off my knowledge, but it's all to do with well, it, financial. So. It, it's, it's quite interesting because from the club's point of view, and uh, before we come in, uh, Joel put this better than I could, but obviously we've made a lot of changes. Uh, we've got a lot, we've got a lot more uh, staff involved match days. There's a lot more staff around uh, and obviously getting a, um, a young um, sort of like diamond encrusted groundsman like yourself taking <laughs> over from Chesh. Cause I mean, Chesh has been a groundsman since Northern Premier League, bless him. I know. Yeah. 
You know, oh, yeah. he, took, he took over last season of the Northern Premier League, and then and, and then we're in the conference for all those years. And then we've had League One for all those years. And yeah. so, from from your point of view, you must have had a minimum spec that you said, right, okay, I, I will come and do the job, but I, I want this, 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 and this. And that's possibly Chesh listening to this, thinking, well, the jammy get he got it all, or didn't you? Tell me. We did. We didn't get everything, but. The thing that upsets me the most is seeing groundsmen or grounds people, grounds women, as I should now say, <laughs> seeing seeing them struggle with with kit is is an absolute just because the mileage, you know, the hard work, the graft that we have to put in, you know, for prep, prepping a pitch and desetting a pitch so that the pitch is clean, you know, doing all them involves different kits of machinery, and Chesh, bless him has had next to nothing. Um, and I don't know how he's done it. Honestly, I don't know how he's done it. You know, I, I would have given up a long time ago. Um, I'd have thrown my toys right out of the pram. But, you know, he's, he's had to get on and he's loved it for the club. And He has, yeah. We, we, did, we did get quite a lot of things. Got a couple of new mowers for prepping and cutting and for cleaning up after. Uh, we've now got a, a liquid sprayer, which, you know, they, they didn't have. Uh, there's there's bits for the tractor. We've got another frost cover. So there's you know repairs to the irrigation. So the list is is quite endless to be honest. And you know it, it was quite hard this summer saying to Chesh, oh this is coming, oh that. <laughs> you know I felt I'm gonna get a slap round the back of the head to say you know. Ooh. But I've been doing it since 1994 and I've never had any of this. <laughs> Bless it. Honestly, bless him. He's, he's, he's a great guy. He's a great character. He's got a great personality, you know, and, and if and when he does step down, you know, he will be massively missed in the club. Oh, yeah, very much so. And uh, like I say, he's, from that point of view, he's been, a, he's been a club legend and a club stalwart. And as you said, probably fighting against the tide, trying to get equipment and all the other stuff. But Definitely. I, from your point of view, Rob, that comes hand in hand with the professional job that you had to do, both at Man City and Reading, is yeah. that if you're going to do it right, you've got to do it with all this equipment. And that's coincided with Chesh deciding, right, I'm going to take a step back and yeah. us getting into League One. So it, it's, all, it's all worked nice, doesn't it, really? It has. There's, there's obviously other things, you know. There's obviously other things that I could ask for. There's obviously things that I can wish for. Um, but right now, I've, I, you know, I've, I've got to go in with what's more important. And the bait were more important. Uh, there's things like glow, uh, the, the growing lights from a company called SGL or TLS that uh, basically is artificial lights that help the, help the grass uh, be alive, as I should say, yeah. during the they dark. The, yeah, they give it the UV, don't they? Yeah, it just gives off a light that allows energy. They give off a little bit of heat, but it's, you know, it's, it's photosynthesis. You know, if, if, if we lived in the dark forever, you know, we wouldn't, you know, have good skin or wouldn't be healthy because you need that vitamin, you know, you need the vitamins you need. Um, and, the, and the pitches are very, very similar with that. So adding things like that can, can help massively under soil. I, I've, seen, I've seen when we went to, we played Blackpool, uh, not last season, season before, and they had about four of those strips with about sort of eight lights on each. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I was talking to one of their guys and he was saying, yeah, we put it on, we do it in eighths and then move it across and then it, it helps the grass grow. How, how much yeah. of them? A lot of money. A lot what, of money. Just for, just for one strip? A lot of money. Really? Yeah. You can get, they used, they used old things, uh, the old rigs and... Um, that come from other clubs that are maybe 10 years old, maybe 15 years old, you can get for maybe five, seven, um, 10,000 pounds, obviously going to the new style of that same yeah. uh, up to 40,000. Um, there's all different types, mate. There's, you know, some that are different far, different wattage, different heights, ones with 40 lights on, ones with, with, with two lights on that are just for like a little tripod and a goal now. Um, they vary, you know, and, and, you know, again, I've got contacts, you know, I've, I've worked with these people that have, you know, supplies the, these rigs to Man City and, and, um, and Reading and, you know, the contacts are out there. It's, it's just, it's just financial. So yeah, we need to keep buying the lottery tickets is what you're saying. 
We need to walk around with the bucket at half time, don't we? <laughs> so, well, it's good. I'm glad you've still got things on your wish list, to be honest, because obviously, I, I, you know, at least at least Chesh can't be too jealous because you haven't got all you wanted. I don't think I'll ever get what I want, but um, I've certainly, you know, I've, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep pushing and I will keep pushing. But the main thing for us is is to... I would like to think I've I've knowledge given the knowledge to those above, um, and explain the beneficial that we would have by by reinforcing that pitch. You know, it would it would any any doubt of any rain of any weathers of any sorts of apart from obviously snow and frost without under soil heating, but certainly you know the rain that we know more can get, and you know that would that would massively massively help. You know, games wouldn't be called off for weather in terms of rain. So they play better, allow more games. You know, you can you can hold up to over 110, 115 fixtures on a reinforced pitch, whereas the Mazuma might struggle with 35. And that and that's what we get every season, really, isn't it? So you know how much that could generate. You know, yeah, true. I don't know. It's 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 like I said, that sort of thing's not really for me. All I can do is pass on the information. Pass on knowledge that I've picked up since since I started eight nine years ago and and yeah yeah but the the good thing is you know Charlie's listening now so you can say it <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up now but I I, I know I know I want to mention uh, you've got a great team uh, with the what what I call the Spanner brothers with uh, Lee and Chesh themselves you've got a great little team there haven't you Rob. Oh, we like we, we like getting our spanners and whatever ratchets and pegs. And <laughs> it just tickles me because I, I I see you all stood there during the sort of like pre match kickabout about twenty five to three all all oh, yeah. getting your getting your stuff out ready, and I'm like here we go spanner brothers are about to move in and take the goals down and what have you so so yeah I, I wanted to give them to a big shout out because they're a big part of the community aren't they? You know I can't I can't thank Lee enough. You know, his days when he's not working up at the dentist, you know, he's down walking behind a Honda. You know, he's, you can see, you know, the lad might be struggling or whatnot. And he, he's always passionate to, to get out and help. He comes and divot. You know, he, like I say, he doesn't get paid. And not many people would stand out in the rain and, no. and do thing. And, and, and he does. You know, he yeah. comes down and, you know, I can, I can rely on him, which you shouldn't really rely on someone who's that casual. But no. you can. So him and Terry and, and Bob, Bob Fleetwood as well. He's another one. You know, he's yeah. the goals at the away end, and, and big credit to him because he comes down and helps with the the boards on the side of the pitches that we've also got to to maintain and move for Martin. And honestly, the lads the lads are brilliant. You know, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't get that from from the big clubs. You know, yeah. people noses up and think you know I'm not helping you, but I've come into Morecambe and I've I've never met a, a group of friendlier faces. Oh, that's good to know, Rob. That really is. It is, honestly. I felt, I felt welcome. Obviously, it's six months now. We're into the sixth month. You know, and, and since day one, you know, I've felt great. I felt, you know, it's, it's nice to come home. And, 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 and you know, and that's, that's, that's a big part to play in it. So. Well, it, all, all, I can say, all I can say is I spoke to you at the start of the season and uh, I've been trying to get you on ever since and you've resisted till November. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say now, we'll, we'll, if the pitch starts going to pot and we start losing, we'll have you back on in February and we'll blame you. <laughs> honestly, honestly, yeah. Honestly. It'll be fine. We'll get there. Hopefully, oh, of course it will. Of course it will. sun starts moving up over that stand, yeah. and shady shoes, the pitch will start recovering again. Once, once we get through to the end of January, we, we've cracked it, really. Yeah. And, We've had the run of games, and we've had, you know we've had the we've had the tougher month. Yeah, true. Ridiculous. And, and the days start getting longer on the twenty first of December, don't they? So there you go. How long's that? Four uh, weeks. Six, six, yeah, six weeks. Yeah, five weeks. So yeah, there you go. We've done the bit. Listen, thanks for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I knew you'd have some good stories to tell. So uh, and well. Like I say, we'll get you. We'll get you back on at the end of the season with the, what challenges you faced. You faced in your first over your first winter, but by then, obviously, we'll be in the playoff places. Yes, we'll be ready for the championship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'll do. You'll be watching <laughs> a plastic pitch then. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely.
Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank You're you right. Th thanks, Rob. And take care. Cheers. Thanks very much. Well, I'm glad we're uh, you, 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 we're still here. We've been joined. We've lost Rob. Uh, he's gone off to do uh, important things, and we're joined by uh, Charlie from the board and uh, first team assistant manager, Dermot Three Cars O'Carroll. How are you, chaps? See, you've got it wrong. I definitely don't have three cars. I'm delaying yeah. until I die, and I'm at the assistant manager on the first team coach. So, what? Uh... Oh, first team coach. I always <laughs> say assistant manager because I, I, I always say assistant manager because I'm just like, well, you know, I just throw it out there. You never know, do you? You never technically, know. Technically, we all assist the manager. That's the reason I'm well, there. That's, that's true enough. But thanks for joining us. Um, we start as we mean to go on uh, a little bit of a chat about the international break, Joel. Uh, and it's been a, it's been a good week for for the Morecambe lads who've disappeared away. Alfie with a couple of goals. I've got to say, you know, he, he looked to have played quite well for the under twenty ones. Yockel's uh, involvement with uh, Iceland youngsters, but uh, probably the pick of them for me was Greg Lee coming on and uh, nearly scoring for Jamaica. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't seen the Jamaica highlights actually, but I'll have to have I'll have to have a proper look for them because I think the US men's team put they put them up on their YouTube, but. Uh, yeah, I watched a bit of the, the game that Alfie was involved in when he scored a couple and he played very, very well. A lot of the stuff was going through him. Got his got his two goals and hopefully that'll give him a boost. Obviously, um, Jokko played a game in net for the Iceland under-21s. It looked a bit of a manic game. I think somebody got sent off and there were about eight yellow cards. So I'm sure he had fun there. And then, uh, obviously, yeah, Greg Lee coming on at, uh, for Jamaica seniors and, and then <laughs> against, you know, a, a quite a big side in that in part of the world against against the USA. And also, if you look at Jamaica's squad as well, like they've got some really good players. They've got yeah. uh, Mikel Antonio, Leon Bailey. Yeah. Uh, I think they have Ravel Morris on the bench. They didn't have him this in the squad this time around, but they've got Damari Gray in there. So, you know, it's great for him to be, A, competing at a senior international level in World Cup qualifiers, and um, B, just with these top, top, generally quite attacking players, which is, you know, going to be a great experience for him. I'll come to you now, Dermot. I, it, from a club point of view, it's fantastic to have these lads involved, but it's also frustrating because we've got that many internationals that were missing fixtures. Yeah, listen, we can. I, I, at the end of the day, we've we brought these lads in knowing that this is what we want. We want Alfie, for example, not only to be with, with 21s, but with the senior team. We want Jockel to kick on. We want. Uh, it's fantastic for Greg, actually. Good chat with Greg before he left. It was his second. That would have been his second cap, so... His last cap was a, a, a decent amount of time ago at Aberdeen before his injury. So it's brilliant. Uh, I think the next one for me, Callum Jones. I'm determined to get Callum Jones into the Wales in the 21 squad. I know that will uh, add another number for us, but he's um, he's another one who deserves recognition at that level. He's, he's doing fantastic. So um, the more the merrier. If it keeps going, please God, Ryan McLaughlin get back in around it again. And, and listen, we'll deal with it. Yeah, we didn't have the fixture against Wigan, but... It could be a blessing in disguise in the end. We'll play them in the middle of January and, and hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be ready to go for them then. Cole Stockton for England, obviously, as well. Oh, standard, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get him to declare for Ireland, but I don't know. I'm not too sure if there's any, if, if he's had a point again or not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, you're using the Jack Charlton recruitment policy there. Yeah, he's the new Tony Cascarino. He went, he went to Ireland at some stage for a couple of days, I'm almost sure. So, <laughs> with that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, good. Good luck with that one. Cheers, but I like. I like what you're saying there, Charlie. Yeah, call for England. That that would be a good shout, actually. Um, so moving on, um, Dermot, come come to the. Well, last time we spoke to you, um, it was in the uh, the the early days of the season. Uh, it was late summer, and uh, hopes were high. We had a fantastic start. Uh, the crowds have generally been really, really good. The fans have been right behind the team. Um, and then in recent weeks, so probably starting with the sort of the last minute loss at Wickham, we've really had some, uh, you know, um, shall we say loss of form. And that's, that was probably always going to happen when the, the nights got longer, the pitches got heavier and injuries and uh, suspensions took their toll. It happens to everybody. But from our point of view, 19 players signed in the summer, um, it was surely too much to expect us to carry on all that way, wasn't it? Yeah, listen, we we don't, uh, everything you've named there is uh, obviously like factors in the whole situation, but we, as a management team, we don't look at any excuses. We we know where we are, we knew where we were going into the season. Um, there was a lot of excitement about us getting so many points on the board early. 
Um, but ultimately, what, 15, 16 games in, we're not in a bad position. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're pretty happy. Yeah, we can do better. Um, but as you said, bringing all those players in, the manager said it was a challenge himself in his press today that when he came in, he only had three players signed. And, and obviously as a club, maybe looking forward to, to establishing itself in League One, it's maybe come a year or two before everyone expected. So, so we're all kind of chasing, we're all working hard, we're all trying to do extra wee bits. But um, I would say largely, I'm very happy with how it's gone so far. Yeah, we've, we've dipped off, but I think we've also been slightly unlucky in the fact that we had these, this run of away games, this run of tough away games, that yeah. if you look at them on paper, you think, do you know what, it's, it's tough to come out of any of them with points, even at full strength, even with no injuries, with no suspensions, with even at our best to go to Wickham and to go to these places like Oxford and things and compete with, with yeah. teams with massive budgets would be, it'd be very difficult. So um, no, it's one of them where we're, we're enthused. We're looking forward to it. We have a good run of games now coming up, the three league games coming up and then the FA Cup game. So um, we're, uh, we had a great week of training. So we're looking forward to attacking it, um, the games coming up. And I'll go back to um, the Newport game. Um, not the greatest game we've ever seen, but, Cup games are all about getting through, aren't they? And um, <laughs> I told the story last week where there was an old gentleman, two old gentlemen sat two roads behind me in the main stand. And uh, uh, when uh, yourself and, and Stephen uh, were putting the putting the, the board up saying Wildig was replacing Phillips, the old bloke behind me went, no, 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 what's he doing? And of course, 20 seconds later, Aaron Wildig scoops around the back uh, pops it into the net and I just turned around and smiled at him <laughs> and his mate his old mate just went to him that's you told <laughs> so I mean that was that was must have been satisfying for you for Aaron to come on and do what he did but also just to get through because that was a tricky tie against Newport yeah listen it's a slippy one there's not there's not a whole pile between obviously we're we're fifth or sixth bottom six of, of league one at the minute they're they're going well they're doing well in league two there's not a, a huge amount of difference between teams on the rise and teams maybe at the bottom half of League One. So, no, a slippy one, I think they were a good side. Actually, was very impressed by them, how they played football. I know, obviously, a new manager in there as well. So, um, and yeah, from, from Wildig, listen, the, the gaffer makes decisions. We make decisions on the sidelines. Some go right, some go wrong. But more, more often than that, um, you're hoping for the best. But in particular with Aaron, he's had a tough time. Um, through little niggly things, through illnesses, through now he's, he's twisted an ankle again, unfortunately. But... He seems to have been cursed so far this season, but we were just absolutely delighted that, that for him, because he's a good lad, he's one of our experienced players, and, and when we sat down at the start of the season, he was a big player for us that we looked to have a huge impact, so um, we were just delighted that, that he was back, and obviously looking forward to him attacking these league games, and Sod's Law, he's, he's gone and twisted his ankle the other day, which is uh, a shame, but not, not too serious, thank God, but it'll keep him out for a few days, unfortunately. So um, a perfect time to ask you then, what, what's, the, uh, what's the injury situation like with the rest of the squad? Obviously, uh, Courtney Dufus has been on the bench. I know that Abika was hopefully playing in a, a, a trial match uh, a couple of weeks ago, that sort of thing. How's it coming on with all the, the long-termers? Yeah, we, were, we, were, um, we had a kind of behind-closed-doors bounce game with the youth team, so we kind of mis mixed and matched with the players we had. We gave a, a couple of the more senior ones a little bit of a rest to give them a couple of days and stuff, and then... The likes of Courtney got good minutes. I think he played 45 or 60 minutes or something. Um, John Obika was involved. Shane played 60 minutes in that. Um, Josh McPake played 60 minutes in that. So that's what you want. We, we got the minutes into the legs. Those boys have trained fully. Um, John is still a, a long way off. There's no real... We're not going to pinpoint a date for John yet because he's probably a month, six weeks ahead of schedule. Um, the type of professional he is, the type of athlete that he is. He's, he's pushing the surgeons. He's pushing the physios. He's pushing everyone. And... And he's a, he's a specimen, a fantastic pro. So he's the one pushing to be back earlier. But um, no, Courtney being back is a major positive. He was on the bench for the, for the game. But uh, to be honest, he was there. If we could get him on for five minutes, we would have done it. But we didn't want to give him much longer than that. So it was more yeah. um, getting him back involved, showing that he's, he's, his hard work is being rewarded. And, and now hopefully he'll be back in the mix again for the weekend. And it'd be good to have, uh, like you say, Josh McPaik uh, showed a lot of promise in, in the appearances he's made. Uh, and this is only personally, I think we've really missed Shane's energy in midfield. So it'll be great to have them back. Yeah, I think I think Shane has been borderline. It's a, maybe a big statement, but one of our best signings, if not the best signing. Um, probably when you compare expectation to to the reality, uh, and that's no offence to Shane. And people maybe were weren't as it wasn't as flashy a signing basically when he came in. But I think Shane has been fantastic. He's been pivotal 
in all the best performances we've had, he's been he's been in there and and as you said, covering every blade, getting around the place and, and getting in with a couple of goals as well. So and yeah, and special mention to Josh as well, huge talent. Obviously, he's had a tough time with injuries as well. A few times, like Aaron, he's he's been about to start and about to get back in and to be rewarded for doing really well in training. And he's just twisted the ankle and doing done different things. So um good for him to be back in. as I said, we have a more fit, fully fit squad. Now I think we'll have 21 players, 21 senior players training tomorrow. Um, plus the goalkeepers, I never count the goalkeepers. So, um, so that's that's fantastic. That's the most we've had all season. So, long may it continue, and then hopefully we we'll get Freddie and and the likes of Aaron back as well very soon. So, Charlie, I'll come to you now. There's uh, obviously quite quite pleased with the Buxton draw. Um, it's like going back to the old days of the Northern Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, it's twenty minutes my mother-in-law's house as well, which is a good and bad thing. I get to go and see the mother-in-law, so every cloud. Football match on, uh, <laughs> Presumably nobody in your family listens to this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I just got moaned after doing it. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a really good time. It was uh, very, very strange, the FA Cup last year, obviously, for for, for, for very simple reasons. There was no fans there, you know. The, the, the Chelsea experience was ridiculous, really. You know, there was six of us there. I'm yeah. saying it's a petter check. Saying how, saying how good, uh, you know, saying how comparing how good, uh, you know, you said, Who's our goalie that day? Who's who our goalie that day? Halstead. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I thought it was Halstead. I thought it was, yeah. And he, he actually played quite well. And he, he, he did. Mark had a really, really good game. And played, played the check was like, Yeah, you're, much, you're not nearly as bad as we thought you were going to be. And, you know, and uh, it, it was so quiet. Um, and, uh, you know that what an occasion it would have been. So you know, if 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 not taking our things for granted, it looked like 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 uh, last night's game showed. Um, Damon and I were talking about it earlier. Um, obviously, there's a bigger gap between uh, between Buxton and us, but um, they'll be they'll be up for it, won't they? And uh, the BBC are obviously looking for a giant killing by putting us on the putting us on the TV. But uh, if we can get through that, they get they get a good draw. It's good for the fans. Good for the players. Good for Bang balance and good for the uh, things at the transfer window and all that sort of stuff. So uh, you know, we, we, it's, it's really, 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 really important that Dermot and the team win five nil, and uh, we get a home, we get an away draw to Man United. That's the main. That's the main thing we're relying on. So no, but, uh, no, no pressure, Dermot. No, just a standard bit of uh, gentle reminder there from Charlie. Thanks for that, mate. But uh, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, listen, it's a, it's only a good draw if you if you do it right, if you do it properly, and you do it professionally. So. Yeah. Um, I know, for example, Martin Foyle, who's in now as the head of recruitment, he knows a lot of the players quite well. He's also going to watch them possibly twice, maybe even three times before we play them. Um, Neil Wainwright is helping us out as well to watch a game. So um, we are, we're not taking them lightly in any way, shape or form. In fact, the opposite, we're, we're doing a little bit more than we would probably usually do for a league game because we know maybe slightly less about them. So... Um, it's worth mentioning about you know, Martin Foyle. That's, you know, I... I, I helped Stephen with the recruitment of that and real, real key appointment for us. I mean, it show, I think it shows we mean business. I think it shows we're being, we're being, we're being serious when it comes to, you know, a long-term play recruitment strategy. I think it's important to say, and I, what we were saying to Martin and Stephen with this, you know, Martin's worked with Stephen before and, and they've worked really, really well together with Dermot. But Martin is the head of recruitment for Morecambe Football Club. He's there for the long-term. He's there to help us plan a strategy Moving forward to help us develop a long-term um, chain of uh, players coming through, to which, which we can monetize and help the club progress. And he's a great guy, you know. He's in a great job in Northampton, great job in Motherwell, and um, you know, it's all part of the the three-year three plan that everyone knows knows about. You know, we we've got to try and um, solidify. And like Dan was saying, we are in we are in a position where we're on just for the relegation zone. But we, you know, I'm pretty sure I can say. Compared to other clubs, we've got lots of positive momentum and lots of really cool things happening to help us help us get out of it. You know, and uh, you know, Wickham and I was at Wickham and Oxford. I think you guys probably were as well. It was yeah. very, you know, <laughs> we're in a situation where this is Wickham and Wickham, Wickham probably still should be in the championship. And uh, Oxford, there's a stat they they played all the bottom teams that played in League One last year. They beat all of them, apart from Swindon, randomly. But um, you know, everyone was really angry. We didn't, we didn't win. Yeah, we were fantastic. We were fantastic at Oxford, Oxford and every, every single Oxford fan we spoke to said, "Oh, you, 
you'll do all right in this league. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I liked hearing that, but I'd still rather get the results, you know. But they roll over us, uh, roll over for us then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll go back to Buxton, Dermot. Obviously, uh, a different set of challenges on a 4G pitch. Yeah, uh, but a strange one because you see when you when you associate a non-league FA Cup tie in December, you maybe think right, mocky pitch gives levels the playing field a little bit, kind of get home advantage for them. But if anything, the three G actually is a good thing. I, I was very positive, very enthused when I heard that. I've, I've played in three G pitches for years in Ireland, so um, when you get a decent three G pitch, you're better off than having a mocky, bobbly, um, terrible grass pitch. So. Um, I don't see it being. I don't see it being a major issue. Uh, we have a 3G surface at the the university that we have access to as well. So no doubt in the build up to that um, that game, we'll we'll put a few sessions on there. The boys will be used to it, and and the, in the nicest way, it won't be an excuse for the lads. Anything that goes wrong in the day potentially, or anything that doesn't happen, we don't want to use any excuses. We want to go at it properly, and and there'll be no bobble. You can never blame anything else on a, on a 3G pitch. You can never blame. You can never look at the ground and say, oh no, listen, that wasn't my fault. It's on you completely. So, um, well, you, with my touch, you can. <laughs> I know. I'm saying that. I'm saying that because none of you really saw me play. So don't worry about that. Oh yes, I did. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> you remember only the good bits. Hopefully, so that's all right. <laughs> so, uh, Joel, you'll have a you'll have a couple of questions for Dermot. Yeah, obviously, looking, it's been a tough run of form recently. But I think, as a fan watching, I always find it, 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 it's it's difficult. Like coming away from losing a football match or losing a couple in a row and obviously your spirits get a bit down as a fan and, but as a manager when you've got to be the, the motivator uh, to quote Steve Evans from this week uh, and speaking about his kind of job uh, things but yeah when you've, you've got to be the motivator and get yourself back up again and try and pick everybody else up how, how hard is that to do? Yeah it's difficult it is difficult but I think the, the key behind a lot of what we've been doing I think the key behind a lot of our performances win or loss is that most of the players, most of the boys been around the block for a couple of years anyway, and they can feel that we're not a bad side. They can feel that we're doing well. They can feel that we're in games, we're, we're competitive. But it's the phrase now that we're maybe becoming famous for, but it's, it's individual errors, it's set pieces, things like that, the simple side of things that are letting us down and, and things that are, are kind of frustrating for us and frustrating for the players. So it, it's one of them where when the boys are, are, are aware and we're aware that we're doing everything we can do, we, we continually review it, reflect on it and try and, and work towards fixing things. But sometimes people make mistakes and a lot of these boys are younger. They're, they're new to this level. So um, frustrating. But as I said, I think we're all, there's no doom and gloom, put it that way. We don't feel like a team that's struggling. We're still looking up. I spoke to Charlie earlier on the phone. We're still 100% looking up the table and, and that's, that's where everyone in the club is looking. There's nobody looking be over our shoulder and looking worried about it or anything like that. I've heard people say this this week is a is a relegation battle and a six pointer and all this kind of stuff. But that's not how we see it. Um, we see going to Oxford as an opportunity to get points. We see going to Wickham as an opportunity to get points. Um, we're trying to play a certain brand and, and at times yeah we'll get exposed defensively. But we will try and reset that balance a little bit and um, and we have no doubt that the results will will follow. So obviously, speaking about it, kind of sometimes it's about doing the basics right and, and and avoiding individual errors. And I think looking back over some of our recent performances, that there have been good bits then, and there's just been little bits. And would you say it's almost that have kind of gone wrong? But would you say it's almost kind of like confidence and more the psychological side of things that have been a bit tough? Because obviously you've tried a few different things tactically, and it hasn't quite worked. So I think looking at that personally, from my view, I think. It more looks to be confidence, but what what will be your take on that? And it, and if it is confidence, how do you kind of go about turning, helping players turn that around? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, like uh, the boys haven't become bad players overnight. Um, obviously we had some some injuries thrown in the likes of Shane, but you're right. When once you start losing a couple of games, and I think this is probably the the gripe I would have with the Papa Johns is that you still get judged upon the results in the Papa Johns. We treated them purely as fitness opera, uh, fitness exercises and reserve games and and almost distractions from our main goal. And, and, and then people start to say, oh, you've lost four, you've lost five, you've lost six, but they're flinging in Hartlepool and penalties or, or things like that. So, the, But it does affect the lads. Listen, we always try and break it down as clear as we can for them and, and show them the positives, but show them the areas that we can improve. But you can never, in the nicest way, when someone tells you relax or, or be confident or don't worry about it, it's actually sometimes has the, the opposite effect. We need, 
we need little things to bounce for us like it did at Newport not not the the fashionable beautiful win that we were looking for but a clean sheet and something to build on something to to kick on from and and now with the boys coming back from international off the back of a really good kind of week 10 days of training I'm hoping we see a real bounce on on Saturday going into the the run of games we have coming up so kind of actually talking about the the that kind of international bounce and with players obviously going away for international duty, do you tend to find that it does give them a bit of a boost, especially if they've had a bit of a good couple of performances like Alfie has done and Greg and Yockel have recently? Yeah, 100%. 100%, especially because they're the right type of people as well. They're the right mentality going away. But like Alfie going away this week, and I joked to him, I was clapping him coming in, saying, oh, here comes the goal scorer. And as soon as he got closer to me, I said, yeah, but you lost them all at home. Um, so it was just, just joking as well. But no, like... The, Alfie's come back from the time where he made his international debut, loads of plaudits. He, he played for the 21s, man of the match, two goals. Again, loads of plaudits. And, and that's brilliant. That's what you want. But ultimately, this is the bread and butter. And I've no doubt, I text Greg, I was speaking to Greg yesterday, I've no doubt he'll come back bouncing as well and determined to, to show again what he's all about because he wants to stay in that squad. Alfie wants to be in the senior squad. Ryan wants to be in the senior squad. Callum needs to be in the 21s. Um, Jakob wants to kick on and establish his place. So, that kind of positivity will only influence us in a nice way. And then we need to keep the boys who've been here working on little bits and then just fine-tuning it as a team. So, um, we, as I said, we feel like we've had a great week, 10 days or so. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm quietly confident, so just don't tell anybody that. No, I'll keep, I'll keep my mouth shut. Hardly yeah, anybody listens to this. Yeah, no, yeah. If we just do this. Is our, this is just self-indulgence. We don't even broadcast it. With McCallum coming back from international break, obviously the last one he came back from, he made it his senior debut, like you said. But then, and he puts in a great performance against Burton. I thought he was really, really good that game. Gets injured a few days later. I thought Freddie Price came did well when he come, comes on, came on against uh, Cambridge a few uh, last week. Gets injured a few days later. Shane McLaughlin suspended. Comes back from that injured straight away. Does it sometimes feel a little bit like the? <laughs> the footballing gods are a little bit against you at times. Does it get a bit frustrating? Yeah, listen, it gets frustrating, especially when it's things that we, we along with sports scientists and everything else, we, we periodise everything we do. We look at everything. We, we haven't been getting large muscle injuries, besides, obviously, the likes of John Obika, which is a kind of freak one in, in pre-season. But someone twisting their ankle or, or something like that, or an impact injury or just unlucky. Like Aaron literally went up for a header on his own, landed, and one of the lads foot was underneath him so his ankle twisted a little bit and that was it it was nothing nothing bad nothing sinister but things like that you look at Freddie as well coming on having a massive impact in a in a, in a bang average performance but he did well coming off the bench he did yeah it's just that, came, that Cambridge goal killed me that amazing goal we were playing really really well and then he yeah. scored that goal I was like choking me it was, it was it was a great finish but it was a missed trap it yeah, was a definite mistrap, and I just think, well, he he made the most of that, and it was probably going to be end up being their goal of the season. But he was definitely trying to trap it. <laughs> I think we we've had a couple now. So you look at the Gillingham free kick as well. People are scoring goals they never score again in their career. But um, <laughs> but again, this is it's, it's nothing we can affect. We can't make excuses, and that's the that's the key. We're we're very clear in the fact that listen, there's things we can control, things we can't. Uh, we can control some of the goals we've conceded. We can control some of the chances we've missed or some of the passes that go astray or, or different things. But, um, yeah, when someone flicks it over their head at 25 yards out and sticks it in past a six-foot-six goalkeeper, it's, it's a challenge, do you know what I mean? So, but, yeah, the injuries, listen, they're frustrating, but that's why we have a 24, 25-man squad. Uh, and when one drops out, it gives you an opportunity to maybe push up Connor Pye, to push up Jamie Nicholson, to push up Adam Mayer. Um, that's what we're looking to develop as well. We want to have a... A pipeline of young boys that could say, Do you know what? Well, that's okay that Gibbo is injured or sick. Up comes Connor Pie, or it's okay that yeah. a winger, someone else is out. Uh, we give opportunities. So um, sometimes there's always a silver lining behind these things. You're absolutely right, by the way, in that that that, um, that it is being painted uh, by some of the some of the fans on Facebook as a six pointer at Fleetwood, and I was just like, why? Who gets who gets relegated in November? You know, it just doesn't happen, does it? So. So talking about, we've got Fleetwood and then we've got uh, Charlton um, and then MK Dons. Uh, so again, some, some tricky games. You would think Charlton with the squad they've got, uh, they're capable of uh, vast improvement. Fleetwood, 
Um, their last win was against a very poor crew side, 3-0, but they've been generally pretty good at home. So, we again, some tough games coming up, Derm. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely, and listen, everyone says it in cliched things, but the gen, there's no bad teams in the league. We played crew, we played Doncaster. There's, nobody's, nobody would say is, is a million miles from the level in the same way as we can, we can push the teams to the top of the league. But um, listen, I'm not, I'm not under, underestimating how big a game it is at this time of year. But it's it's one of them where oh, if we lose we're we're doomed. It's not like that. It's not the same way as if we win we're not absolutely safe and going to push for the playoffs. If we win we'll be 18th. If we lose we'll probably be 20th. Something like that. So it it doesn't make a whole pile of difference at this stage of year. But we have to, from our point of view, get ourselves going again. Get back to the form we had early in the season. Get get back to the style of play that we had early in the season. Um. So there's been a, a couple of little reset buttons pushed and. And as I said, hopefully this run of games will, will show that. And then we can, I firmly believe we have the potential to go on a good run, to go on a, a kind of, as, as Joel mentioned about conference, get one win and just goes and goes and goes. We're, we're overdue that because of the, the quality we have in the squad. So um, hopefully it starts on Saturday. Well, I, I know the gaffer um, always talks about uh, five-game segments. So if we're looking at league games, we're about to press reset on another five-game segment, aren't we? So... Uh, and that's and that's it. And people, listen, we all we all loved it when we got seven points in the first block and seven points in the second block. We were like, well, this is easy stuff. Well, that means we may as well push for the playoffs. Like, do you know what I mean? But uh, anyone and, and and we always said it. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. But I mentioned it today. I think when we were having a chat, if we'd have got five points in the three blocks, everyone would be going. Do you know what? It's brilliant. We're competitive and we're we're about right and we're really happy and it's been fantastic. It's just because we got seven and seven and one, then it's this is a different story. So. Um, but yeah, listen, we, we have our targets, we have our aims. We're not looking to finish 20th. And um, we have our targets and we're ambitious. That's the reason we came in, that's the reason the manager took the job. But we're also realistic to the job that we took on. Um, and we're realistic to the fact that you bring in 19 players. Not everyone's going to hit the ground running, not everyone's going to play from the beginning, not everyone's going to be a huge success. Um, and and we're, we're working with people. Look at Callum Jones. Callum didn't play a minute for a couple of months, pretty much. And now in the last month or so, yeah, we've been, we've been probably a little bit out of form a little bit, but I think Callum has been sensational. He's been fantastic. So um, that's what it's all about. We need to develop. We need to work with the, the team. We need to find the right balance. Hopefully, please God, we can pick this, a settled team. Um, we can try and get a back five. We can try and get a midfield three that's settled and a front three that's settled. And I've no doubt then after the back of that, we'll kick on and, and we'll only look one direction then. I sincerely hope so, Dan. For me, I just think, like you said, um, there's been some worldies against us. It, 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 uh, we've scored some worldies as well, but it's about time we had a bit of luck. Um, we've had a, a, you know, a couple of penalty shouts where I was thinking, well, I've seen that given, but it's not happened. But that's, that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah, and you, and you see, even the other night, and again, it's a Papa John's, but you see the other night um, the performance of Jonah Younger. Like, that's Jonah yeah. right back at his best. Like, that's Blackburn Jonah. That's what we saw before his injury. And on another night, I think he scores a hat-trick. He scores three or four goals on the night, and I thought he was sensational. Just because we lose on the night, that's a major positive. That's, that's the reason those games are good, because now hopefully Jonah takes that form into the league and he kicks on and, and he can be a massive player. So that there is positives and there is things that you can lean on from the last few games. And I mentioned Callum, I mentioned Jonah. So there's, there's loads of things that we can look to and, and try and combine with uh, what was good early in the season. I'll come to Charlie now. Um, obviously, there's plenty to talk about from the boardroom, Charlie. We've had uh, we've had Ben uh, releasing his, uh, his his update today, which has been a very interesting reading. Um, but also, there's been uh, there's been the, the YouTube video with Ben Ryan and uh, your colleague James, which was also very interesting watching. Yeah, well, the question on everyone's lips is who's going to appear in more podcasts this season, Joe Shooter or James Wakefield? <laughs> We're on about 259 each so far this season. Um, so, but we're just waiting to see who the winner of that award will be. But, yeah, we, you know, um, we're just trying to communicate the, the what's going on a, a lot better than the previous uh, regimes have done. Um, you know, and uh, everyone can read Ben's update. You know, we did want to make sure that... Uh, Fans are more fans are more listened to on this with this uh, sports liaison officer. I mean, this this lady Anya, who's working in the uh, the ticket uh, ticket expert, has been a fantastic hire for us uh, from Barrow. 
Um, and and uh, like Dermot said, you know, um, Ben's been probably apart from Shane McLaughlin the best the best uh, signing of the uh, of the of the uh, season. You know, so everyone can read that. I know we're running probably against time because you've been on, on podcasts for a while. But the main thing I just wanted to say was that you know, as Dermot will, Dermot will testify, you know, we're, we're, we are the whole club is together. You know, we're, we're not. We, we we've never we never ever feel like we're going in a downward direction. We feel like we're going in an upward trajectory. You know, we're we're all together. We're all supporting each other, and um, you know we've seen what's going on in other clubs. <laughs> you know, and uh, on social media and stuff at the moment. And everyone should be rest assured that you know we we we're looking forward to a long term successful future together. And uh, just before I come to Joel uh, before we wrap up uh, about the Shrimps Trust. And uh, I thought it was interesting that obviously, obviously, most people who watched uh, Stockport versus Bolton Wanderers last night. And uh, I was musing, I was texting the little social group that I'm in, and I, I just said, it's a good job we're no longer in the conference because with our budget, we probably wouldn't even be in the top six because Stockport are just paying you know, so much money. They signed Quigley from Barrow, Paddy Madden from Fleetwood. And I'm like, bloody neck fight, you know, they are. They are really, really going for it. But what a good side they looked last night, didn't they? Yeah, I actually went and watched them uh, a few weeks ago against Barnet in the league. They lost. They were a bit top-heavy, really. They just got sliced apart on the break, which actually happened last night. But, you know, I did enjoy watching uh, in ever have his pants pulled down, actually. It was quite fun. But, uh, <laughs> but, but actually, I, I, was, I was coming back over from Leeds and I was stuck. I wasn't, it took about four hours to get back over from Leeds, which was painful. But We didn't walk yeah. in. No, I know, no, no, it was Northern Rail, that's what it was. But, uh, you know, a ex- uh, thrilling extra cup tie with eight goals, uh, FA Cup tie, sorry, with eight goals and extra time, you know, that helped the process. But, yeah, you know, it's it's a very tough league at the minute. You've not just got Stockport, you've got Wrexham and... Uh, Notts County. Notts and... County, yeah, and, you know, so much crazy stuff. And, you know, Wrexham's mental what's going on there with... Uh, Ron McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds. It's, it's quite funny, really. But, yeah, in terms of... I think you mentioned about the trust. Obviously, uh, we've got a few initiatives going over Christmas. Uh, obviously, we've got the toy appeal, uh, and that's going well. We've had a few donations already, which is nice. Is uh, there, is there, a, is there, a, is there a, a closing date at home game for that? Ooh, sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> the Fleetwood, Fleetwood games, the eighteenth is probably that, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, so yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll put something out on social media afterwards. And yeah, and then, and then there's, there's a few kind of different things we've got lined up. We had the uh, Christian Mbulu, uh match the other day. Uh, it was on the day that the Wigan game was meant to be, and that, that, that went down really well, it seems. And uh, yeah, so there's a few things going on. I mean, obviously, like, like always, keep an eye on our, our socials to, to keep updated on those. And obviously, away travel uh, with the nice new shiny online portal, which you can use. Yeah, which is the coaches are full for Fleetwood, and I just want a final thing: uh, a thousand uh, over a thousand tickets sold for Fleetwood. That's got to be good for both the team and the fans, Dermot. Yeah, um, we're buzzing when we heard that during the during the week. There, it gave us a real lift as well. It just shows you uh, very much like what we've been saying from the beginning. The fans are right behind us, and I think, listen, we know that people will be frustrated with losing. We're frustrated with losing, but. Um, but yeah, that's fantastic. A nice wee local one for us as well. We're not going a million miles away. So hopefully we can give them something to cheer about and uh, and uh, hopefully it'll continue on then for the other games we have coming up, the likes of Wigan and Bolton as well over the festive period. So um, nice local ones for us to get the place rocking. And uh, Charlie, a thousand to Fleetwood. We could probably take the same to Buxton, but uh, obviously we've got to wait for the ticket allocation there. Yeah, the mystery. The mystery. I, I, if you're asking me to, if you're asking me for information, I don't know. No, no I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying that we'd probably take a thousand to Buxton, but I doubt we'll get that many tickets because obviously they want to sell it to our own fans, don't they? So it's only yeah. a small capacity, isn't it, Buxton? It's yeah, only four thousand. Yeah. So you'd imagine we won't get a huge portion. You wouldn't think, would you? No, but at least it's on the TV, and uh, and I know the club have worked quickly to put some sort of function on at the Mizuma for the 12.45 kickoff, so you can probably get a pint and a pint there and watch it with other fans if you don't get a ticket. So, or people right. can go to my mother-in-law's house if they want, if they spill. <laughs> Makes nice cake. That's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you managed to pull that back now, because obviously you can now get your family to listen to the end of this rather than the start of it. Yeah. Listen, th- thank you very much. Thanks for joining uh, 
uh, Dermot, uh, Charlie's christened us the three Ronnies, so because uh, <laughs> we're on this most of the time. So thank you for joining us. Thankfully, thank the, the Wi-Fi didn't give out, and thankfully you didn't have to go outside and wear a coat. No, but, yeah. if you can see me on this, if you're not listening on the podcast, then you can see uh, my lights have been dimmed because I'm using so much Wi-Fi. So that's the thing. I don't. Charlie doesn't pay me very much. You see, that's the problem. I can't do both at the same time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let Charlie come back on that next week when you're not listening so uh, thanks for thanks for listening everybody uh, we'll be back next week hopefully with some uh, some lovely news about um, away wins at Fleetwood and home wins over Charlton Dermot thanks for joining us hope you'll come back again uh, sometime after Christmas Charlie brilliant as always Joel uh, a pleasure and uh, keep up the good work thanks for thanks for listening and we'll see you next week <laughs>